0: madman. You're a madman.
1: Earth and water. But well, you'll find plenty of both down there.
0: No man. Persian or Greek, no man threatens a messenger. You bring the crowns and heads of conquered kings to my city steps. You insult my queen. You threaten my people with slavery and death. Oh, I've chosen my words carefully, Persian.
2: Perhaps you should have done the same.
0: This is blasphemy. This is madness.
3: Alrighty then, hello and welcome to End Credits here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm your host, Adam A. Donaldson, and joining me today
0: is. On your left, I'm Candace LePage.
2: In the middle, I'm Tim Phillips.
1: <laughs> and
2: uh, to the right, I-, I believe maybe
3: Adam is, but either way, wherever I am, I'm Peter Salmon. Good
1: to
2: be here on End Credits. <laughs>
3: that went smooth as i was hoping it was gonna go um and it should be smooth at this point this is the 300th episode so yay um i forgot to load some some celebratory to unlimited music so um that's that's where i fell down (laughs) um but anyway i'm glad everyone's here i i hope this is fun and uh thank you to all the listeners of the show for sticking with us this long, or maybe you hopped on after 100 or 200. Um, everyone's probably Maybe welcome. this is
0: their first episode.
3: This might be their first episode, in which case they might be very confused indeed. Anyway, End Credits is a local movie show for local movie fans. We're here every Wednesday at 3 p.m. to talk the latest in pop culture and review the newest movies, which this week will be... Well, we're not going to review anything this week. Um, we are doing a 300th birthday draft. So... Uh, We've done a couple of drafts in the last couple of months on the show. It's it's a little fun we have here at the beginning of the show before getting to the long review. Now, the categories for this one are pretty straightforward. So we're taking the 290-some-odd movies we've covered in the first 300 episodes of End Credits. Uh, Sometimes we do clip shows, and we have our holiday show where we do our top five and things like that. So it's not 300 possible contenders. It's 280, 290 we're going to draft movies in the following categories. The award winner, the franchise, the genre, which is action, horror, sci-fi, uh, funny, which can mean comedy, or it could mean we just found it funny, and of course, the ubiquitous wild card. So every, every person on the panel will get a chance to pick their category pick their movie for that category. Once the movie is off the proverbial table, no one else can uh, get it. And uh, we will proceed until we have a list of 20 unique picks, uh, each of us with one for one of those five categories. Um, Winners will be determined by points, and the points don't matter. Uh, But anyway, uh, we're going to do first things first. We're going to choose the batting order. Now, I have put up on our screen here, a 20-sided die, uh, a virtual 20-sided die. And I'm going to do a quick couple of clicks just to r- randomize it a bit. So from bottom to top here on my side of the screen, I'm going to have everybody pick a number between 1 and 20. And the closest to the number we roll is, gets the first, without going over, is the first pick. So Peter, choose your number. Uh, what's the max number? 20. 20. Um seven peter gets seven tim uh 12 tim gets 12 candace
0: uh 17
3: candace (laughs) gets 17 playing with the odds i'm gonna choose 10 get it right in the middle so i'm gonna do a couple of quick test rolls. and now we're gonna do it for real the number is 10 wow Oh, wow. that was right. It's a
0: fix. <laughs> it
3: was oh, Was that Adam? Oh, yeah, definitely rigged. Definitely. <laughs> All right, you want me to roll again? No, no, no. Okay, so you're accepting that this is a legit system. No one's, no one's crying. Stop the steal. All right. I've
1: accepted that you could go. I did. I did accept it wasn't a scam. But yes, no. continue.
2: Adam created this app. This twenty <laughs> sided die app is Adam Donaldson uh, creation.
3: Oh boy, I wish I could create an app. All right, so I'm gonna go first. Um, that means Peter, you go second, Tim goes third, and Candace goes fourth. So uh, I didn't I wasn't, I honestly wasn't expecting to start first. So where do I want to start? You know what? I think I'm gonna go funny first. um, I'm gonna ch- go with long shot, which came out in twenty nineteen. It is maybe one of the last of the rare big-screen studio-released romantic comedies. Uh, Charlize Theron plays the Secretary of State. Seth Rogen plays her speechwriter. Romance happens. Um, Some of it is very raunchy. Um, But everybody has a good time. It's a good old-fashioned Hollywood romantic comedy. And... I liked it a lot. I've revisited it a couple of times. Charlize Theron literally can do no wrong. She can romance you. She can kick your ass. Uh, Seth Rogan uh, is great in it too. You do legitimately believe Charlize Theron could fall in love with Seth Rogan, which to me speaks to the movie's final quality. Alright, so I went with Longshot under comedy. That means Pete, uh, sorry, Tim no, I meant I meant it the first time Peter Peter what is your category what is your movie
1: all right so when it comes to category I will go with the one that we have presented first uh because I think it also it just feels right award contender okay um and for the upcoming awards the Oscars I would say if it's possible because I don't even know if it's possible that Blackberry gets an award. I uh, was going into it. I was expecting just a basic biopic, but uh, the acting uh, was, was outstanding. And the story, such a, you would think, simple story told in such a, a wonderful way. And not in um just because it's fast-paced, in-your-face sort of way, um, akin to Tetris. It was just a remarkable film about, you know, a little piece of technology made in old waterloo so maybe there's (laughs) some bias to someone who is you know from guelph near the kw uh and whose mom had one of the first blackberries it um (laughs) all that aside the acting is objectively outstanding and i would just love to see a little nom for it i'm not expecting best actor or anything but just to give ode to the film uh i don't i if it's can, it's canadian all around so i don't know if best foreign if that's possible but mm. uh i hope it i hope it gets something it deserves a a major nom of some sort um and you know we have the what canadian screen awards and such yeah. like they're cool they're cool but i think blackberry its quality is at the level that it deserves more of an oscar um amount of attention
3: okay wow peter goes against the grain he each instead of choosing a, a, a previous oscar contender he's anticipating a future oscar contender which feels like cheating but i'm okay with it um i do think i think you're right about screen canadian screen awards i think that's definitely going to get a lot of love next next year for the, at the- oh, oh yeah which Award. is
1: great which is great
3: yeah okay we'll count it uh tim that means it's your turn your category and your film
2: Yeah, thanks, Adam. My category is comedy, and I selected The Beach Bum from 2019 by Harmony (laughs) Corinne. And I, I, it's really funny, but I think it's just a, it's a great film. I think it's Harmony Corinne's masterpiece. He's done a lot of films and a lot of people have been hyping him for a long time. Because uh, he wrote kids back when he was like 19 or something. And he ended up doing Spring Breakers and some of these movies that have gotten attention, I think, for a lot of for various reasons. But this one, it it touched me and it made me laugh. So say it's a stoner comedy Um, in that Matthew McConaughey plays the lead Moondog, who is stoned a lot of the time so i guess that's why they call it a stoner comedy but it's it's he's a poet and he's like past his prime and he wants to rekindle his inspiration he's kind of just been living a hedonistic lifestyle on in key west and uh it 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 shows a lot of different elements of the artistic process and the fact that you know it almost has a moral to it about like hedonism isn't the way to go maybe with your whole life because his wife ends up in that car wreck when they're out partying. Um, and I, I really like the performances, Matthew McConaughey. I think it's one of his best performances. Um, Jimmy Buffett's really good as himself, which is good. And I, part I really liked was with, uh, yeah, the, the part with, uh, Martin Lawrence yeah. where he plays captain whack. Right. Who uh, is um, he's offering tours to swim with dolphins? Uh, and he he jumps out and he's like, "Oh, I'm going to swim with the dolphins now." And they end up being sharks, That's and he right. loses his leg in the water. <laughs> and it's really dark, but it, I was howling with laughter watching that. Uh, so yeah, I think I think it's hilarious. It has Snoop Dogg obviously because it's a stoner movie, so they had to throw Snoop in there. Yeah, plays an R and B singer lingerie. He's pretty good in it. Um, and then Zac Efron's really just crazy in it as playing this pyromaniac. So it's just got all these elements going together. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like uh, it's about the artistic process and about, I think about, you know, not straying too far from your loved ones and not, and not being in it for the money. Cause he's not in it for the money at the end. And that's kind of like the moral of to the ending of the story as well. So, mm-hmm really good the beach bum it's my comedy pick
3: i completely spaced on the beach bum even though i made this list um but i'm glad tim drew it so that leaves candace uh with your first pick
0: yeah, I am uh, I'm also gonna gonna go with the award uh, contender. Nice. Um, so I have talked about this movie a lot, Blood Quantum. It was nominated for ten uh, Canadian Screen Awards. It won seven of them. Um but uh, the one the the reason it came to the top of my list is specifically because it uh, was nominated and won for Best Actor uh, for Michael Gray Eyes uh in in the lead role um and uh coincidentally it is also his birthday today on the day that we are recording uh-huh. um i had i had already sort of put put it down as a, a potential for something and then this morning i woke up and i saw i saw a tweet on uh, uh i think canadian history a uh is their twitter account uh wishing michael gray has a, a happy birthday and i thought well, there we go. I was pretty sure I was pretty <laughs> sure Blood Quantum was going to be something. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, what more is there to say about this film? I've talked about it so many times. But it's just this really incredible horror film. Well done, zombie. Um, you know, it's tense. It's gory. It's scary. But at the same time, it's also this, um, you know, really great look at what life on the res is like. On intergenerational trauma, on how um, you know, in some ways, how how white people will just continue to exploit the people who are already here before us, uh, people who have have you know stewarded the land, uh, will just continue to, you know, see them as some sort of magical other. And then, uh, you know, look to them to save us all in the end, uh, without giving them any respect whatsoever. Uh, there's just so much so much said in this film. So you can watch it from a Canadian point of view, from an Indigenous point of view, from an apocalypse point of view. You can get whatever you want out of this film. But primarily what you're going to get is an amazing performance by Michael Grayeyes. I don't think he's ever given a bad performance, but uh, this one is definitely a strong one in his role.
3: Uh yeah, no uh Blood Quantum is a strong pick. Um it was my backup for genre, so I'm gonna take my first pick for genre, which is actually along similar lines. Um I'm going with Prey, which is the 2022 uh I guess reboot of the Predator franchise, Dan Trachtenberg's movie, um, that sets a predator movie in i guess it's 17th century uh great plains um it follows a comanche tribe who um are, are hunter gatherers they uh are li- just just living their lives and they're uh confronted on two fronts with uh predators one is the of course the alien life form from outer space um hunting people for sport and the other is of course the french um so it, it is great. It's a star-making role for Amber Midthunder, who's one of these actresses who's been, you know, doing a lot of TV and, and popping up in different things. And um she she is so great in it as as the warrior Neru. Um, although well, people underestimate her, you constantly see how smart she is, how um, how dedicated she is to to proving everything, everybody wrong about her. This the screenplay is really great. It lays out everything you need in the story um watching it unfold it's a predator movie at its heart um it really is a great throwback to that that first predator movie that kind of mano a mano although in one in, in on one side it's a woman mano a woman um and and uh that that concluding battle is is so great it's it's a throwback it's everything you want in a requil or a, or a or whatever you want to call it um it, it is uh dedicated to the mythology of the thing while also doing entirely new stuff so i'm putting my mark on the genre uh category with prey and so that brings us back to peter uh where do you want to go next unmute yourself peter <laughs>
1: my apologies
3: for the muting um
1: so for my second choice i'm gonna go with franchise and i am going to pick the equalizer two and i am picking the equalizer two because we chose that and then all of a sudden it blew up it's got a prime show going it's got a 2023 one upcoming i just am very proud that we attributed to the uh, rising of popularity that it received, <laughs>
3: the Equalizer and got the end credits bump. Is what you It is.
1: Well, I'm just a huge Queen Latifah fan too. She's in the show. Uh, rumor is season four of it. They're going to actually have Denzel. So I'm just glad that we uh, we took part in that. And uh, I also it stands out to me because it I'm not an action guy, and it is just an objectively fun as heck uh, adventure so i think that's also why it uh, deserves some mention and um it's got denzel right i want to mention something with denzel there's always if you can mention denzel that's a watched it. he's perfect so yeah franchise of all of those that i've reviewed or that have been reviewed in credits i've chosen the equalizer too
3: i think we should do a, a denzel draft at some point and I, the part of the reason I picked it too
1: is just in case I wasn't able to do uh, Tales of Macbeth or the the numerous
3: others (laughs) on our list. (gasps) He's in a lot. He's in a lot, is what I'm trying to say. He's a busy actor for sure. Uh, Tim, you are next.
2: Thanks, Adam. So for my next one, I'm doing genre Mm -hmm. and I don't do much horror. So I actually (laughs) selected one of the few horror movies I've seen on the list. So I did select Pearl, which I've seen, and I was quite quite enjoyed it, even though it's very scary, and I <laughs> avoid scary movies. But <laughs> it's, I watched it late at night too, so it really scared me. Um, but uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, uh, I, I thought, yeah, Mia Goth, and I've seen X as well, and I liked it a lot. But I think this went even deeper in the prequel. Um, like there's an interesting origin story to the, to this movie is the fact that I think it was during COVID. um, They decided to come up with uh, uh, a prequel that they could shoot with like fewer actors and one location. So they came up with uh, the concept of having it during the influenza pandemic of 1918. Mm -hmm. And that was really interesting to, to see the historical aspects of it. Pearl, the aspiring actress um, who wants to get who feels trapped by her family, uh, her sick dad and her domineering mother, domineering German mother. (laughs) So she wants to break free from this. So you can sort of understand her rationale to a certain degree. But then just the psychosis that goes along with it is pretty terrifying. Um, Yeah. And really grotesque imagery in it as well, like the rotting pig that's still out for dinner when her uh, husband comes back from the war and uh, yeah, her, her smile at the end really can freak you out too. <laughs> like, just that. Yeah, yeah. like just hold this smile for, you know, a week here on, on film and we'll, we'll put this at the end of our movie. Um, yeah. Really, really, uh, really terrifying. And I look forward to the next one. Uh, Maxine, I guess mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm third in the trilogy, which should be coming out soon. Um, Yeah. It's just uh, don't watch much horror, but I like this. I really like the story and the acting I thought was superb.
3: Mm -hmm. Um, One point of uh, contention here that you didn't mention uh, the defiling of a scarecrow. That is always (laughs) what stood out to me about Pearl. Uh, Candace, you're making a face. I'm wondering if Tim maybe stole your thunder.
0: No, no, he did not. I actually, I, uh, I left, X and Pearl off my list so that someone else could choose it for something. But I will say, Tim, you know, genre also fantasy is also a genre and you could have gone with a big winner like Transformers last night, you know, and not had to worry about watching a horror film. <laughs> um do
3: Transformers last night was kind of a horror film. <laughs>
0: Um, I did not choose that as my genre <laughs> film, um, but I am gonna I'm gonna take my genre right now. I also did choose horror, shock, surprise, uh, but I went with um, one of my one of my actual absolute favorite horror movie genres is the creature feature, and we covered the movie Crawl. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think 2019. Actually, there's a lot of movies from 2019 on my list. It was a really good year for movies. Mm-hmm. So. Crawl was just—it was like a big budget, well done creature feature. Um, it hit all the right notes. It it you know it did exactly what it was supposed to do. The alligators, maybe they're crocodiles—I don't remember—looked um, great. And I mean, I think a big part of this is is the director Alexandra Aha has. He's just really good with sort of tense films Mm -hmm. and um a lot of times creature features are very funny which is great i love a funny creature feature but there does need to be some tension and crawl really got that very well um also just great performances uh berry pepper um i'm always constantly sort of waiting for the berry pepper renaissance and we always just seem to be like almost there and then he kind of disappears for a while and maybe that's his choice who knows but um yeah crawl out of the millions of horror movies that i've covered for the show uh crawl is my choice for genre
3: barry pepper's the mvp of saving private ryan i think if if you go back and watch that he's the the sniper in the unit and yeah he's really really good
0: technically war movie also a genre
3: yes (laughs) quite right uh saving private ryan did however precede end credits by several years um All right, my turn again. Uh, I'm going to go with my franchise pick. And it's not what you might ordinarily consider a franchise, but it's becoming a franchise. And it's also rather recent. Uh, The movie is called Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. And it is the latest installment. Well, latest is a bit rough because there's two installments, but it's the most recent installment of the Benoit Blanc series. Uh, Daniel Craig playing a Southern detective named Benoit Blanc. Uh, movies directed by ryan johnson this movie uh ah, i don't know it's i don't think ryan johnson's ever made a bad movie um obviously my i had a lot of expectation for this um being a ryan johnson fan since brick um being a fan of the original knives out but my expectations were blown away um this was a not only like a highly intricate mystery it was a a hole inside of a hole, to borrow a phrase. Um, but it was also really, really hot button because it takes place during the early days of the pandemic. So everyone's wearing masks, at least until Ethan Hawkes sprays them in the throat. Um, you know, it's about the issues of economic equity. And it hits right at this time where you have Edward Norton essentially playing elon musk but playing the worst possible version of elon musk at the, as as the real life elon musk is essentially starting to play the worst version of himself so i don't know uh i don't know how ryan johnson got his crystal ball to work on this one but uh boy is it's glass onion is so much fun i, I got to see it in the theater when it came out last fall i watched it a couple of times on netflix since uh it is groovy it's fun the cast is so great um and you know, at the end of the day, uh you get to you get to watch the Mona Lisa blow up as Mona Lisa plays the Nat King Cole song. So I mean that's a that's it's that's the chef's kiss at the end of the movie. But um not what you might typically typically think of as a franchise, although there are more Benoit Blanc movies coming. And I think I think both Daniel Craig and Ryan Johnson have both gone direct to say it's like as long as people want to see Benoit Blanc movies, we will watch we we will keep making them. So you know, around episode six hundred, we could be talking about two, maybe even three more Benoit Blanc movies. Maybe a Benoit Blanc expended universe or something. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll 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 keep that in my pocket for later. Peter, uh, it is your turn again.
1: Okay, so for, for my third choice, I am going to go with genre, and the genre I choose is the wonderful and beautiful sci-fi, and. What I have chosen, because we got the sequel up in common, is Dune. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even though most people have seen it and remember it, I just wanted to reaffirm that it was uh, outstanding. Um, And, you know, put everything aside but the visuals and you just it's objectively a a masterpiece it really is the uh it's the title but in particular the dunes and the worms within the dunes the way it's done is i I, it's been in my dreams i I still just think about it every once in a while um when the spring starts and i see some more sand i i think of it um and it's just i'm i'm hyped for the uh upcoming sequel i would also want to say this is just promotion for uh, a canadian creation called imax because i did see the first in it and i would highly recommend it for the second one um villeneuve himself uh, is from montreal where it's you know was founded um and it really is um the kind of film where the uh uh full widescreen imax is is really meant for it um so yeah dune i'm really glad uh that that was reviewed with us and i am hyped the sequel because of those visuals and i've seen i saw the most recent across the universe not across the universe but most recent spider-man and imax it was outstanding i'm expecting even better from dude two
3: okay actually it's interesting because there's an imax fight right now uh tom cruise and christopher nolan are fighting over imax screens in july Oh, I know, because Oppenheimer, uh, the uh, Mission Impossible comes out a week prior, and then the
1: second Oppenheimer comes yeah. out, it takes over all theaters. Yeah. Uh, Oppenheimer though was made specifically with like the IMAX yeah. cameras, so yeah. I think it's fair. Yeah,
3: I mean, yeah, it's it, you know Christopher Nolan's pretty much you know made IMAX sort of mass marketable. But uh, Tim, that's a discussion for another time. It's now Tim's turn to talk about what where he wants to go next in the draft here
2: yeah I'll, I'll, thanks adam i'll go with franchise um funny thing is i haven't seen the second film in the friend i haven't seen wakanda forever but maybe this is reminding me that i should go see it because <laughs> i really like black panther so i'm choosing black panther for the franchise uh i thought there was you know a, a lot of historical context to it being uh you know one of the first black uh, superhero movies, but really that. And so it's great in that respect, but it's also just a great film, very entertaining, great acting by everybody involved. Um, I really like Michael B. Jordan as an actor, and I thought he was great as uh, the uh, sort of villain in that piece. And you can see Ryan Coogler directed it and he's directed him in the Creed movie. So he's really, must be really comfortable with him. But Michael B. Jordan yeah and michael b jordan's had a he actually was in the wire early in his career when he was a young kid so um i really like his performance and i i thought it's just a great great adventure story uh great to see you know on the biggest screen possible uh Um, So Wakanda Forever now, I'm going to have to see if it's screening anywhere, (laughs) but um, the uh, Black Panther really enjoyed it. Uh, Looking forward to seeing Wakanda Forever and and future films for it. And I, I think uh, it's, uh, I'm not a big superhero guy because of the ones you put on the list there, Adam, I think I've seen like a handful of them, (laughs) Uh, but this was definitely one of my favorites of recent years so yeah movie that made like 400 billion dollars go see black panther
3: yeah (laughs)
2: yeah
3: (laughs) uh or see it again uh that brings us back to candace so before we go to break candace is going to give us her third pick so what is your category and what is your movie
0: yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna use the franchise category as well. Um, and uh, my franchise is a little bit different. A big part of it is be- I chose it because of the unique way this franchise came out. And it's not X and Pearl. Um, but it's the Fear Street trilogy, mm-hmm. which is legitimately a franchise. It's three movies. And they came out every week, f- three Fridays in a row on on Netflix. It was this sort of planned release thing where they filmed three completely separate movies that are connected by a through line, but also tell very different stories. Um, The first being sort of the setup of what's going on in 1994. And then we get uh, the, the second part, which is sort of a prequel to 1994, where we go back to the 70s and and have a like a nice slasher and then the third is sort of a prequel to that the other thing that's really great about this is that we have three really distinct um styles of horror movie right the first one set in the 90s is very much sort of a a slasher type movie um but like a scream style slasher Mm -hmm. which is uh, you know different from the the you know, 70s camp sort of slasher, it's a little bit more um, like Jason style. And then we get the folk horror with the very last one, the 1666, but yet all of them, um, even the slasher ones really still have this sort of folk horror, supernatural part to them. It was just a really unique way to do this. Uh, It was really, I think, just the very fact that they were making movies out of the fear street uh, series was a risky proposition to begin with um and they committed to doing all three no matter what and releasing them and they were great and there are more fear street movies coming out so this is a franchise that's going to continue um, i don't think they're going to be doing sort of like multi-movies in a row again i think it's going to be a little more traditional from this point forward mm-hmm. but uh, that's okay because we've got the first three and we've got more coming
3: yeah that was unique um that was also started for like at the pandemic height too and there wasn't a lot in the theater yet either so that was a lot of fun um all right so just taking stock of things peter um still has comedy and well actually we all have wild card left but uh peter also strangely has comedy left candace has a comedy left too tim and i both have to name our award winners So that's what you can expect coming up. We are going to take a break for now. You are listening to End Credits, the 300th episode here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I did think you were dead until I got your call, you know. He's been gone for weeks, not a single word. Very unlike him. I'm introducing myself. It's Etta Candy. I'm Steve Travers' secretary. What is a secretary? Ooh. Well, I do everything.
0: I go where he tells me to go, and I do what he tells me to do.
2: Yeah, well, where I'm from, that's called slavery. I really like her. Fantastic. Oh, Ladies, have you? I do, I like her.
0: And it
3: does rather feel like that, except the pays rather good. We've got our work cut out for us, haven't we? Okay and that was a clip from Wonder Woman it is a film from Patty Jenkins and it stars Gal Gadot Chris Pine Robin Wright Danny Houston David Thulis Alina Anyana and Connie Nielsen Candace I'm sure remembers Wonder Woman it was the very first movie re- we reviewed on this show and Candace was the one of the very first co-hosts um or the, one of the first co-hosts who's still with the show that was um on on that episode so uh that was dedicated to, well, us, I guess. To
0: three hundred. <laughs>
3: to three hundred.
0: That's right.
3: <laughs> I mean, oddly fitting because you know it is three hundred, which is the name of a movie which takes place in ancient Roman times and Wonder Woman a character who's rooted in ancient Greece. So
0: it all it all comes around. Um, and the Zack Snyder of it all.
3: Oh my goodness, you're right. Anyway. Um. So where were we? Okay. Um. We're drafting here. I still have a wild card and my award winner. Uh we kind of tiptoed around the wild cards. I don't know if everybody's saving them. Um I, I'm I'm gonna assume nobody else has this wild card. Um and, and and just put it down. I'm going with First Cow. Kelly Reinhardt's movie about
2: milk theft. You took my took my wild card Adam. Oh, did I? No, no I'm you, just kidding, <laughs> Tim. You took my comedy. You did take my comedy. Did Tim. I take your comedy? Oh, no, no, Tim
1: did. Tim did. I'm Beach sorry. Bell.
2: Okay. All it's right. Okay.
3: It's okay. Okay. All right. It's see, we we took the break and the animosity started coming out. Um. So, <laughs> uh, first cow takes place in Oregon in the 1820s. Um, two guys. Uh cookie and uh i can't remember the other name guys name he's played by orion lee though um they become good friends um they eventually decide to start up a business to where where cookie bakes the the baked goods and his partner handles the money orion lee handles the money and and uh the, the only problem is they need milk to bake only one cow in this um this colonial town it's newly arrived so they're they're going up there every night stealing the milk to make the the biscuits that they're selling to the workers in the, the camp. Huge success, and of course, the entire operation blows up in their face as all sort of great heists inevitably do. And then they, spoiler alert, die alone in the woods, and are their remain what what's left of the remains is discovered two hundred years later. So it's um, it's poignant in in a way. It, it's also surprisingly funny, given that it's like this like darkly serious because it's a milk heist. So it's it's this fun yet dour yet ludicrous little movie. Um probably one of the probably one of my favorite movies just to you know just to sit back and watch it and think to yourself how did this get made? Um and why do I love it so much? But uh First Cow. I I am endorsing First Cow as my wild card so, Peter, uh, you have comedy and wildcard. What do you want to do?
1: So, uh, I am <laughs> going to go with wildcard. Oh, wow. um, and I just picked, I don't know what genre you put it as. I guess just a, a drama um, mockumentary, kind of. But um, I'll just label it as one of a deserved mention. Um, and I chose the 40-year-old version um, and that is a, like I said, um, just, just like a, a comedy drama about one individual's life. Um, it's from about three years ago. Um, and it's just a really, really fun story about uh, Rada Blank um, going from being a teacher, someone, you know, helping out in that way to a rapper. And uh, she, I guess, is having a midlife crisis and chooses to go rapid. And she's just great at it. And it's just a uh, really fun look at a um, you know middle-aged woman's, uh, I guess, midlife crisis. It's the whole thing set right on her 40th birthday. And it's just a really fun uh, adventure. And it is actually the 2020 winner of, um, I believe, I know it's the Sundance Film Festival yeah. and the um, not best um the directing award uh, best dramatic competition directing award for her uh and she's the second black woman to um ever receive that uh at sundance and it's really um a great film um i know the plot sounds quite uh bare but it's just her character is so lovable and the cinematography black and white new york uh intertwining beautifully with the hip-hop she provides um and it's just yeah really really great uh national board review 2020 uh one of the 10 best films so um it, it wasn't really talked much about it still isn't so I really um, recommend it and uh, also if R blank's listening uh <laughs> you haven't done anything since so I, I I'd like that please uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah uh, my wild card is the 40- year old version
3: I'd like that too actually if she's listening uh Tim where uh you have the award winner and the wild card. So, which 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 way do you want to go?
2: Yeah, I just like uh, Peter's last pick, Rada Blank. I want her to see more from her. I think I picked that as my favorite th- that year. Mm-hmm. Kind of went out on a yeah, limb. I that was a good that. one. Um, my wild card, because I actually just am doing this now off the top of my head, given what you just did, Adam. Because I wasn't sure what to do for wild card, so I'm picking a weird movie that I really liked, and it's Annette. <laughs> um, which is just a really out there film that's like part musical, part I don't it's, know if there, it's stop right? motion, but they've got puppets and musical, and it's got Adam Driver and the French actress. Marie Cotillard. Ma- Marie Cotillard as the romantic couple. And it introduced me to the band Sparks, Mm -hmm. who I'd never heard of before, but they've been around since like 1971. And they did the soundtrack for this movie. And then Edgar Wright did a documentary about their career. And it's pretty influential career in electronic music and also pop music. And they, the opening of the film is just so cool. It's uh, Adam driver singing and he can't really sing that well, but he's, he's going for it. (laughs) And Marie Coates, Cotillard, she can sing and she's doing a great job and then Sparks come on and they start walking down the street of Los Angeles and they're like May We Start, that's the name of the song they just keep singing, May We Start May We Start, (laughs) break down the fourth wall and you're like, what am I I watching here exactly Um, but you get embroiled in this romance and deception that's going on and sort of a love triangle and it's got this really French perspective to it. So it's all a bit off where someone's singing the puppet. Yeah. Is singing Mm -hmm. at the Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. but they call it something else. I forget. They just call it like the chip bowl or something. I don't know what they, because they're French. So they don't quite understand uh, probably like American football. Um, But it's, uh, it's, it's a, a wild movie. I definitely recommend it um and it was definitely one of the more entertaining films i saw that year and i thought given wild card you've got puppet slash romance slash musical mm-hmm. slash horror maybe a little bit mm-hmm. so i would definitely uh take a look at annette and if
3: there's if if there's such a thing as a wild card Annette is definitely it um candace you have a comedy and a wild card yet to play
0: yeah, so um, I'm gonna go with a comedy, um, and I I have been weighing back and forth between two movies, and I've decided uh, I've already said too many horror movies, so I am going with uh, 2017's uh, uh, r- like romantic comedy, The Big Sick, which is the story of uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Emily Gordon, the real-ish story. of of the two of them meeting and falling in love um and uh it's i mean it's hilarious because Kamel nanjiani he's very very funny um he's very endearing as well uh and uh you know when we get into the the realish parts it's kind of like you know the the parents emily emily's parents are pretty funny because of the things they say which may or may not be based <laughs> on anything emily gordon's actual parents said mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of comedy there about um you know the the interracial romance um some some off-color uh, comedy about uh terrorism which mm-hmm. really you know if you're going to talk about terrorism you just really want to make it comedy because otherwise it's just depressing yeah. Um, and it's really heartfelt also, it's a really lovely story, um, and as I said, it's real-ish, uh, and, uh, just, you know, a big shout out in general to Kamel and, uh, Emily, who have done their own podcast a few times, and they did one, uh, briefly when the pandemic started, and, uh, I will take a new podcast from them any day, any day, I'll, I'll start listening.
3: I, I still laugh at the line. We lost some very good guys that day.
0: We lost uh, 19 good men. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. And that's all I'll say. I'll be sitting on the bus. I'll be like, we lost 19 good guys that day. Um, all right. So that leaves me. Uh, my last pick is the award winner. Um, I had a lot of trouble trying to figure out what I wanted to do with this. And I eventually, I, I went with my heart. Parasite, Bong Joon-ho's Academy Award winning movie. From twenty nineteen. And Candace is absolutely right. Twenty nineteen was a really, really good year for movies. Um, and then you get this one. It is about class warfare, it is about economic inequity, it is about social inequity, it's about casts, it's a it's it's a horror, it's a comedy. It's like it's got some trading places stuff in it, but it's also got some like like really vicious kind of home invasion stuff in it as well. It's um it, it changes tones at least three different times and it, it it's so smooth each time. I don't know if it's Bong Joon-ho's masterpiece or if that's how it's going to go down, but it is definitely uh, one of the highlights of his career. And it's a very, very good career um, that he has. And yeah, it's, it, it stayed with me. Like I don't, uh, I've, I've revisited it a couple of times, worked up the nerve to revisit it a couple of times and uh, boy, does it still stick. and, and it is, um, it is a rare kind of genre mashup um, that should like th- the concussive turns it takes should give you a heart attack, but it it just doesn't. It just it it just smooth smoothly guides you to all the places you need to be in the film, and it's no wonder that uh, it was a best picture winner. No matter what Donald Trump thinks about the subject. Uh so Peter, according to my list, you left the best for last, comedy. Yeah, you're darn to your right. I did. <laughs> Uh, and I have
1: already had two stolen from me, uh, uh, the beach bum and the big sick, but luckily for y'all, there is an outstanding amount of comedies that we reviewed. Uh, so I'm going to pick bros, uh, from last year. Um, I just thought it was an all around outstanding film. Um, and in particular, um, a really great one, um, when it comes to focus and just, like made for everybody, but um, I think especially uh, LGBTQ two um, I A plus, it really, really great film for them, about them, and for anybody, just all around. Um, it's just Billy Eckner. Uh, honestly, I know I, I do understand why some people don't like Billy Eckner, but if you just put that aside, like just please try to put that aside, and just focus on him as his character. And just that, yeah, he's a little annoying, but it's a shtick. And just focus on the rest. Focus on the love between him and the other character and the comedy that comes with it. And it really is just a beautiful film. Um, And even though, like I said, it is great for the gay community. You do not have to be. It is just... Um, In particular, if you're a millennial or Gen X, there'll be a lot of, uh, oh, I get that. Or that's from my social life, my, you know, culture or whatever it is, um, especially, you know, I- urban location. Um, and it just has like really remarkable uh, cast members as well. Like everybody who uh, people know is uh, the dean from community is in it. It's just really great, whether it be the, the plot, what we get through it from, you know, Billy Ackner and his comedy. Um, or just the guest appearances and uh, their role as well in the you know media and LGBT uh, Q two plus culture. So uh, Bros is a high recommendation for me. It's hilarious and important.
3: Yeah, that's the other one in terms of like big screen studio rom com, uh, along with Longshot. Um, unfortunately, that's kind of the nadir of that genre. It seems. Tim, you have a left.
2: Okay, so for award winner, I'll really go out on a limb and I'll pick the best picture winner from this year. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. And I must say, I was kind of late to the party for this one. I know, I think Candace and Adam, you picked it as your favorite film of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd watched it earlier in the year. I started watching it and I fell asleep. (laughs) But I've fallen asleep during some of the greatest movies ever made. It's just like if I watch stuff late at night. I'm getting older now. I'm over forty, so I think there's like late night. You know, anything after nine, it can get a little get a little (laughs) iffy. But this one, um, yeah, it really it was it was great because it it, you know it's got the whole multiverse theme to it and like out there sort of science fiction theme, but it's definitely got a heart of gold, and it definitely is very moving film and i like that it's sort of like a maximalist film it's not they're not trying to like just say okay you know we're just gonna show this sliver here or we're just gonna have people in a laundromat and that's gonna be it it's like they're going in all these different dimensions and and different ways and it all it all worked for me and the quirky humor too i just love like the bagel and the sausage fingers and I I thought all of that, Oh, the dimension where they have sausage fingers and there's a (laughs) lesbian romance and they're playing piano together and stuff. It's like, um, that was all hilarious. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was, you know, about family and, uh, pressures of family and open communication and, and just being there for, for the people, for your loved ones. And it, yeah, it definitely has a heart of gold, the film. And I thought um, I ended up seeing a lot of the films that were nominated. I thought it deserved to win Best Picture. It deserved a, a lot of the wor- awards it, it, it received for sure. And yeah, it's it my favorite movie of 2022. So Everything Everywhere All at Once is an awards winner. And it's been validated by Tim Phillips on the end credits radio show.
3: <laughs> maximalist is a good word for everywhere and everything everywhere all at once uh so candace bring us home with your wild card
0: yeah so my wild card is a movie that um is it's just for me it was just one of my favorite movies to to watch uh when it came out and uh over and over again after it came out and i will continue watching it forever and that is um birds of prey uh, the emancipation of one fantabulous Harley Quinn, or maybe it was the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. I don't I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So it is obviously not a perfect movie. Uh, it's obviously not great cinema. It is a a you know action packed uh, superhero film uh, from a person who you know I'm just like, do we have to have another superhero film? But if they were all like this, it would be so much better because it was just fun everybody on set looked like they were having fun they were just you know out there to to chew scenery like uh (laughs) um the black mask uh
3: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it 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 was just it it was so much fun to watch um and you know what women superheroes deserve their own films margot roby as uh, Harley Quinn obviously deserved her own film, uh, mm-hmm. clearly she got one. She's the almost the only character who returned for a rebooted requel whatever of uh, suicide squad because she was she was just perfect in this role. Uh, and uh, she got to to continue just being her fantabulous self <laughs> for uh, you know, a couple of hours of girl power with a really great soundtrack. so. That's my wild card. It was just fun.
3: It was fun. And I would love to see Mary Elizabeth Winstead's Huntress again. Um, Yeah, that was so great. All right. So let's uh, add it all up here for, uh, for Candace under comedy, the big sick under genre crawl under award winner, blood quantum under franchise fear street and under wild card birds of prey for Tim under comedy, beach bum, genre, pearl award winner, everything everywhere, all at once. Franchise, Black Panther, and Wildcard, Annette. Peter, under comedy, uh, his third pick, Bros. (laughs) Sorry not to rub it in. Uh, Genre, Dune, the award winner. I should say future award winner, Blackberry. Uh, Franchise, Equalizer 2, and under Wildcard, the 40-year-old version. And last but not least, me, comedy, the long shot. Genre, Prey, uh, award winner, Parasite. Franchise, Glass Onion, and Wildcard, First Cow that concludes the first 300 episodes of end credits. Here's to episode 600, I guess six years from now, which would be the year 2029. Cle- Everyone clear your schedules for the first weekend in June, 2029.
0: <laughs> Jack, <laughs> I might be doing it from a bunker by then, but you never know.
3: Well, you know, uh, you can get good tips from Scotty Hertz cause he's the, the bunker master. But thanks, everyone, for, for taking part in the ride. It's been fun, and I'm looking forward to more as we, as we continue on this summer. So um, good work and uh, good way, way to go, team. Uh, let's wrap up the show. Uh, that is it for this week's show, and we hope you liked it. As always, you can listen to it again via our website at ncreditsradioshow.com. Or through the Guelph Bliticast channel every Friday at Podbean, or through your favorite podcast app at Apple, Stitcher, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can also find the music for the show in Spotify. Just search for End Credits on CFRU in the app. You can find us on social media. We're on Facebook at End Credits Radio Show, and we're on Twitter at End Credits Radio. And we will go in left to right order again. Candace, where can people find you on the internets?
0: Uh, you can find me everywhere on the internet at sin48 that's c i n n 4 8 follow me on letterbox and find all of the horror movies i did not talk about today <laughs> timothy
2: oh timothy yes uh you can find me online uh social media flashing the deadpan um shout out to a play i saw at Stratford just this weekend casey and diana one of the best plays i've ever seen in my life um it's only playing for three weeks so if you have a chance go see it it's about diana princess diana's visit to casey house the aids hospice in toronto but it's more about the aids hospice than princess diana but i think it'll do well because it's got diana in the title as well so it's Mm. good for marketing which you have to think about these days too good Uh, shout out yeah all right
3: all right and pws uh, hey, everybody.
1: It's Peter Salmon. Uh, you can find me uh, as Mr. Tarak on YouTube and Twitter.
3: Perfect. Thank you. And uh, I will be back here on CFRU tomorrow at 5 p.m. for News and Politics on Open Sources, Guelph with Scuddy Hertz. In the meantime, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Or you can see my News and Politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca in the meantime. Stay tuned for more great programming here on CFRU. FM CFRU.ca Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return with episode number 301 next Wednesday at 3pm on End Credits and we will see you then.